open. And if anybody has something on their heart that you'd like to say, go right ahead. Amen. You mind the Lord and uh, it'll be all right. Anybody got a word on your heart? Amen. Anybody else? Well, I'm just thankful for the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to be thankful for. Man, I, God didn't have to save me, but He did. God didn't have to go to Calvary, but He did. God didn't have to wake me up this morning, but He did. He didn't have to give me my family, but He did. He didn't have to lead us here to Mountain View, but he did. And I'm thankful for everything he's done for me. He didn't have to, but he did. And I appreciate the Lord this morning. Anybody else? All hearts clear. Amen. Galatians chapter number 1, verse number 1 through... Verse number seven. I'm glad Brother JR's done got rough, so I can be rough too. Amen. I like it. Amen. I like the word, don't you? Let's all stand out of reverence, out of respect to God's word this morning. Well, he's blessed us with his word to learn from, to uh, to get help, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering doctrine. And I'm glad that he did. Galatians chapter one. Verse number 1 through verse number 7. You find your place to say, Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and grace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world. Hallelujah. According to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse number 6 says this, I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse number seven, verse number six said this I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, I need your help this morning. And God, I just pray this morning, Lord, that you'd help us, Father, to. Do your will in our lives. God, I pray, Father, that you would just have your hand be done this morning. God, you've given me when you know what you've given me. And you knew who'd be here this morning to hear it. And Father God, I just pray this morning, Lord, that you'd help our hearts, God, to be tender. Oh, God, to be receptive to the Word of God. Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, you'd become the center of our lives. And God, may everything be centered around you. And Father, I just praise your name, God, this morning. 
for your salvation. God, through your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, I'm thankful, Father, to be covered by the blood. And God, I'm glad my sins are gone. And Father, I just thank you for that. God, for you blessing me more than I deserve. And Father, I pray that you'd loose my tongue, loose my lips this morning. God, give us ears to hear and hearts to perceive it. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Then we're standing and be seated. I'm going to preach this morning on this thought. Danger. Don't get removed. Put over your name. Danger. Don't get removed. Put over your name. You know, as God was giving me this thought, I thought, Lord, I, I, I'm preaching to the choir most of the time. Amen? But I tried to run from it. I, I told my wife on the way over here, so maybe God would give me something else to preach. But He didn't. Amen? And so we're going to do the best we can with this. But listen, let's pay close attention and, and draw something from the Word of God. I want to give you some history uh, about this church in this book of Galatia this morning, uh, book of Galatians this morning, and then we'll get the message. Now, it's as we break open the bread of life this morning that you and I have opened up the Word of God to the book of Galatians. And there's so many things that are covered in this little book and take a lifetime uh, to cover them all. But the first thing we'll notice about this book this morning is that it's this book who has been written as well by Paul. Which so has a lot of the New Testament is written by Paul here. But at any rate, you would see also in this book of Galatians that this is one of the cities in which Paul had visited on his first missionary journey. And then he visited again on his second missionary journey. And then he goes back for a third time. Amen. So he was probably on his way to Troas here. And you'd see this in Acts 16, 6-8. The Bible says, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia in the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. So they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. So we see that as Paul was journeying, he had went into Galatia, traveled through Galatia, and kept going. So we see that he was there, and we know the church was there during this time as well. Now, that's not the only time Paul visited, as I said. The Bible said in Acts 18 and 23, and after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia. So he had visited again, all right? He had went there with a purpose on his mind and a purpose on his heart this morning to strengthen the disciples. Acts 18 and 23 says he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and for ten orders strengthening the disciples. Boy, I'm telling you at this state of time, what we need in our day is some strengthening. Now, strengthening don't always come by way of being sweet. Amen. Strengthening sometimes comes in by way of being a little rough. Amen. And Paul sometimes was a little rough, was he not? So another thing, anyhow, I found interesting about this book is it's been said that Paul speaks of Galatia, and when he speaks of Galatia, what he's meaning is Galatia in its political sense. All right? Uh, so because the churches that were dressed in those days were located in the cities in which Paul went to evangelize during his first missionary journey with Barnabas. You'd find all this in the book of Acts 13 through 14. And then you'd also find that this was before the first 
council or business meeting in Acts 15. Alright? And then they went there and they went there to relieve the poor saints in Galatia. So Paul done a lot of things in Galatia. And I know there's a lot of history on this. And I'm going to try not to bore you to death. I thought all that was neat. But let's move on to the main things that we're going to see here as Paul is in Galatia. Now, it's just as Paul comes to this land of Galatia, Paul is going to address the problems that are going on in the local church in Galatia. Alright? And uh, there are a lot of the same things going on in the church of our day. Boy, I'm glad Brother J.R. hit all this, for I have to. Amen. I liked it this morning. He's helping me. But that's exactly what's going on this morning in our text. So these Jewish legalists, have come into the church during this time, I guess you could say, and they're coming there, and what they're doing is they're causing some of the believers in Christ uh, in Galatia to trade their freedom they have in Christ to be under the bondage of their religion under the law. Alright, now I'm glad that I'm not under the law this morning. Amen, it'd be tough if you and I were. But I'm glad that I'm under Christ, aren't you? Amen, we're free and we've got freedom and liberty in Christ. Now I'm thankful for that. And if you're saved, then you're living that way too. Now that being said, I do believe that we're to try our best to keep the Ten Commandments. We ought to try our best to do that. Just because you're free from the law don't think don't give you the right to do any little thing that you want to do or say any little thing you want to say or go where you want to go. Say, well, I'm not under the law, so I can live like I want to. That's not what God said. All right? Thank you for that. Amen. I appreciate that. Y'all help me this morning. All right? So what he's wanting to do this morning, Paul, is he's wanting to do away with this false gospel that those Jews are coming in inside the church and they're teaching. And he's just simply wanting the believers there to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you this day and in this hour, what we need to do is follow after Christ. And we're living in a day and time where folks are doing what makes them feel good instead of following after Christ. Now, I'm glad that our faith does not involve keeping the law. Hallelujah for that. And it don't this morning. Why? Because Christ fulfilled the law. So that means Christ is in you. And you're in Christ. So the law is fulfilled in the one who's in you. Boy, I like that, don't you? Anyhow, that's all for the history Look at this in our context. So it's in our scripture that we see Paul, before he starts rebuking this church, he's sweet to this church. Amen. He greets them like he always does. The Bible said in verses 1 through 5, are you with me now? Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, Paul is writing unto the Galatians here. And they are believers. And he's greeting them. But at the same time, he's also going to tell them about what they had in Christ. And boy, he, he wants to encourage them as well this morning. And there's a whole lot to talk about in these verses. And we're going to in a minute. But now let's look at, we see something sad in, after verse number 5. The Bible says in verse number 6, I marvel 
that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now Paul comes in and he's writing this letter that he had heard about how this church and this group of believers had forsaken all that he had taught and preached unto them and they had went away to another gospel. And do not think that there's more than one gospel. There's only one gospel this morning. Amen. In the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as a matter of fact, the gospel goes farther than that to everything that's written in our Bible after we receive that grace through faith. There's one gospel. There's one book. Well, that gospel is attained by grace through faith in Christ. That's it. It's not about anything we've done. It's all about what Christ has done. If we rest on anything other than Christ, we're lost. You've got to rest on Christ. Now, just like I said, there's one gospel. Paul's about to attest this in verse number 7. I'm going slow, I know. But look, the Bible said in verse number 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul's letting them know that there's one gospel. He's telling them this morning that anybody who teaches any other gospel is perverting the gospel of Christ. There's a lot in our day that's going on that is perverting the gospel of Christ. Amen. I've heard people say the preacher saved me. If the preacher saved you, you didn't get saved by Christ. Amen. The preacher not do you any good. I've heard people say that my mama saved me or my good works are going to get me to heaven. I'm telling you that's not right this morning. Your baptism didn't save you. Your mom and daddy didn't save you. But I'm glad the blood of Jesus Christ saved you from a devil's hell this morning. Washed you. Clean you up. Amen. Well, Paul says this. Then he said in verse number 8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That's strong language, ain't it? Paul's so bold that he says, if I preach something else to you, then I mess up in the head and I'm cursed. And he said, if an angel preaches anything other, other than the true gospel to you, he's accursed too. Amen. Hey, if, if they teach any other doctrine, the Bible says they're accursed. Accursed means doomed to destruction or misery. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got enough to worry about without bringing more doom and misery myself, don't you? Uh, man that's born of, of a woman's few days and full of trouble. I don't need any more trouble on myself. All right. So, all right. That's what these people were doing, though, in those days. And then it's so bad and it's so true. Paul says again in verse number 9. As we said before, so I say now again. Paul said, I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. So say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you ever seen, let him be accursed. When something is repeated over in our Bible, it means you better listen up. God is trying to get the attention of the people here. People were perverting the gospel in those days. And what they were doing is they were adding law to grace. And the two do not mix this morning. It was causing them to depart from the truth of the gospel and to start teaching something else. And what you and I have in our day this morning is there are some this morning who are preaching other gospels and preaching other things because they want you to feel good about yourself. Well, the Bible plainly states there's no good in us, no not one. I'm telling you what makes me feel good is to feel good about what Christ done on Calvary when He died for me. Amen. I didn't deserve it, but He done it anyhow. They were 
were not concerned about pleasing God. They wanted to please men. Well, the Bible said in verse number 10, For do I now persuade men or God? Uh, he said, Or do I speak to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Paul comes in. And I, I want men to be pleased. That's in us. But number one, God ought to be pleased. He ought to be pleased with what we do this morning at Mountain View Baptist Church. God ought to be honored in everything. And I'll say this this morning. I can't get up on all this. But I believe that if a missionary comes, it ought to be at a local church. Because that church is ought to bring honor and glory to Christ. Well, anyhow, I think everything ought to be at a local church. But anyway, Paul comes in. And what he's saying here this morning is I have told you. And they're perverting the gospel. Friend, I'm telling you what we need in our day this morning is the truth being told. And it needs to be shouted from the rooftop for the world to hear. That's what we need because I'm afraid we're living in a land where everybody's worried about pleasing men and they're not worried about pleasing God. So not only is it in the church of our day, it's in the world, friend. Don't hold it against me. I've got to work at love. And I'll get a message in a minute. I'll just get started. But I work at Lowe's. And they're more worried about pleasing men than they are about pleasing God. I had to watch a video that made a statement that I could not say anything about homosexuality. I had to watch it. And if a Muslim comes to Lowe's, guess what else we have to do? We have to be able to place to go pray. My land ain't nobody built me a place to go pray. We're more worried about pleasing men than we are about pleasing God. Ain't it amazing how everybody is worried about offending them, but nobody's worried about offending God or the child of God in our day and in our time. It's worried about everybody else and every other thing. I've seen something in the drive-thru this morning that offended me. person had the American flag on this side of the tank and a little rainbow flag on this side of the tank. That's where we're at. And then we have to tell our little girl what it's all about. And so she's just all distraught and confused because she likes rainbows. I don't blame her. That's God's rainbow. I don't care what happens. Maybe preach a message on that sometime. But anyway, we're perverting the gospel in that way as well because when a person gets saved this morning, they'll change from what they used to be. Come on now. And we'll lose our fire for God and we'll remove from what we were doing. That's an awful week, amen, for a lot of truth. The gospel's been perverted like it was in Paul's days, but the thing I see this morning is that I see in verse number 6, as Paul is talking to the church of Galatia, written over the church of Galatia's name, was the word removed. And the thing that's breaking my heart this morning, the thing that is breaking God's heart this morning is so many Christians in our day, the same thing is being said about them, removed, has been written over their name, they come to God's house, they laugh like a Christian, and they talk like one, but all friend, in their heart, they remove from Christ. And what we need in our day is to not be removed. I want to try and give you three thoughts God's given me and they're going to be real sweet and then we're going to go to the house. Amen. Number one, I see what they had in Christ. Uh, number two this morning, I see what they had done with what they had in Christ. And number three, I see what they needed to do 
with what they had in Christ. Well, let's look, number one, at what they had in Christ. Now, as I said earlier, Paul, in the very first verses of our text, is giving this church greeting, all right? And the reason that he could uh, greet them the way that he did is because of the fact that he was not talking to lost people, he's talking to the saved people. All right, he said in verses 1 through 2, read it again. He says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Now, notice the Bible said verses 3 through 4. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. He was talking to a bunch of people this morning who know what it was like to have Christ in their lives. They knew what it was like to have the victory. And we know that because back in verse number 3, He says the word, our Jesus Christ our Lord amen he says our he says you know what I'm talking about amen these people that he's addressing knew what it was like to have Christ in their lives and I just hope this morning that you truly know how it feels I mean friend you can play church you can come to church but do you know how it feels to be saved and born again do you know what it means to have Christ in your life hey friend I've seen a deacon get saved went to church for 30 years a deacon said I'm saying I'm lost I need to be saved and he got saved I'm telling you you better make sure. Be sure. You say, preacher, you preach that a lot. I want you to be sure. I want to see you in heaven. Amen. But as Paul is laying all this out, we see that this church had a man of God. And this man of God didn't come from mom and dad. This man came from Christ who loved them enough to tell them the truth. And I say, thank God for the man of God who loves them enough to tell you the truth. Me and my wife, when we got saved, we went to Smithport. And Brother Phil, I'd call him all times of the night. And I'd say, I need help with this. What's this saying? What's this mean? Am I doing wrong here? And Brother Phil said, me down. He say, "I want to talk to you and tell you the truth." Amen. Amen. I ain't never known the truth to hurt nobody. Now it might hurt your feelings, and it might hurt our flesh, but boy, at the end of the day, it'll help us so much. I say, thank God for men of God who still preach the truth of the Word of God. Friend, I'm telling you, it's not to be made light of, and I'm thankful for the churches around us. Uh, I mean, we got Antioch and Midway. We're blessed in Butler, Tennessee. But I'm telling you this morning, we need more people to tell the truth. Oh, we need some men in our day with a backbone. Oh, we're raising sissies in our day and time. I come up in a sissy raising generation. I was one. And my wife still says I is one. But I'm telling you, we're raising sissies and not men. I mean, they're scared to say anything. And half of them don't even know whether they're going or coming. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm glad you found a man. Amen. Colby, I like you. I'm glad we just offend you. Because he works and he goes to a job. But I'm telling you, friends, we need some men that will tell the truth and get a backbone about them. Amen. Whoa. I'm glad that he tells them this morning also this about grace. He, they knew. What he's talking about. He says how that grace is found in Christ. The Bible said in verse number 3, Grace be to you. How many of you are just glad for the grace of God this morning? I mean, friend, where would we be without the grace of God? I tell you where we'd be. We'd be in hell. But I'm glad God had enough grace on us this morning.
to save our never dying soul. Hey, what you now deserve was hell, but God gave us heaven. Man, I tell you what, if we'd really get a hold of that, every single Sunday we come in here, we'd shout. You know, I've got I've looked at churches and I've made the statement before having that be so happy every Sunday morning. Oh, if we get a hold of it, we'd be happy every Sunday morning. Of really what Christ has done for here is the church this morning. They knew what it was like to have Christ on their lives. God had saved them from a devil's hell. Hey, I don't know about you, but in Christ, I'll never have to know what it's like to burn in eternity. Maybe my flesh will not ever have to burn for the rest of my life. Now, I can go out in the house fire, but after that's done, I'm, I'm having my Hey, listen to me. Ain't you glad to know how it feels? To know that you'll never have to face that place in your life. Ain't it good? Man, I tell you, if we get a hold of that, I wouldn't even preach the rest of the service and just shout her out. Well, just think where it would be without grace. Think about where Paul would be without grace. I mean, he persecuted Christians and killed them. But thank God grace come in His life. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. I'm glad I'm not what I'm going to be. Amen. I'm glad I'm changed. My life's been rearranged. I'm glad I don't live for the devil. I live for Christ. And the only way that could happen is because of grace. Grace. But it's not by anything you and me have done. It's all about what Jesus does. The Bible still says Psalm 34 and verse number 8. Oh, taste and see the Lord's good. Have you tasted this morning? Man, I tell you, I'm going to use this because God just gave it to me. We'll get a big taste of ice cream and a smile light up on the face. We'll get a big dose of God on Sunday morning. Well, I've heard that before. Huh. Well, I'm telling you, His grace is just as sweet yesterday as it is today. His grace is just as sweet as the day it saved me as it is today. I'm telling you, friend, if we got a hold of what He's done for us, oh, we'd shout out. Well, have you tasted? Have you seen? There's a lot of Christians I worry about. I didn't bring up grace. I didn't smile at you. Have you tasted? Have you seen? Hey, do you know how it feels to be worse than the blood of the Lamb of God? I mean, friend, have you tasted it or not? Woo! Boy, I like a taste of it, don't you? Amen. Well, it's kind of like this. One time my wife was feeding. And we knew the cop. I'm glad we knew the cop. Because I really didn't want to fit the ticket bill. And I, I, I've spent a couple of times myself. I'm going to be honest at everyone else has. But I'm telling you this morning, <coughs> because we knew the cop, he gives grace. And I'm telling you about a man we know this morning. And he knows us. And friend, all because of that this morning, he didn't give us a ticket to hell. Hey, he ripped it in the shreds. He said, hell's not your home. Heaven's where you're going. Hey, friend, ain't it sweet this morning to know Man, we're going to be there together. We think church is fun. And it is to me. I'll enjoy it. But I'm telling you in heaven, well, when we look at Christ and Christ looks at us, man, I tell you, it's going to be better than anything we can ever imagine. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be peace like we've never known. Hey, friend, all because we knew Christ and Christ knew us, we'll not get what we deserve. Every Baptist ought to be shouting it out. 
Well, not only did they know about grace, they knew what it was to have peace. Verse number 3 again. And peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible said in John 14 and 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I know what it means to have peace, don't you? Man, it's amazing. Some of y'all call me up on the phone and you're going through troubles and trials and you laugh. And you know what you tell me? Most of the time I'm looking to encourage you and you encourage me. But preacher, I've got peace. Boy, ain't it good. Just to know that no matter what goes on in this life, God's give you peace. God's give you comfort. God's give you grace. Hey, from these people in our battles, food, it was like to have all these. Do you? Peace. Man, I tell you, we go to the hospital, walk up to the ER, and I don't understand this, and I can't explain it, but boy, there's peace. There's a peace. Family members passing. But you know, there's going, there's a peace. A peace that passeth all understanding. I can't begin to explain it. I can only describe it this morning and how it feels. It feels good. Boy, a good cold drink of water on a hot day feels good. And peace feels better than that. Hey, I'm telling you, it's better than anything that you can imagine. Do you know how it is to have peace? We know they knew because Paul says from our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace comes from the Lord. And I'm glad He gives it. Well, they knew they had a giver. The Bible said in verse number 4, who gave Himself for our sins. Well, He gave Himself to be a ransom for you and I this morning. And it just so happens you and I are living in a land of takers. Oh, not. Man, I tell you, you give somebody something and they want more. Is that not right? But I'm glad this morning we met somebody who gave himself for us. He didn't ask for much. He said, Come to me, all you that are laboring or heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, Come unto me. Ain't you glad this morning that he gave himself? He gave his back to the spiders. He gave his beard to be plucked out this morning. Brother Shane, as you wipe him, pluck that you a little bit what makes me mad when my wife goes there but I'm telling you Christ endured every single bit of it and they whipped him with a cat of nine tails they beat him to a bloody cough and he gave himself well they knew him you see where I'm going with this they knew him they didn't know about him they knew him do you know him do you know what He's done for you? Hey! Ain't you glad for grace? They knew about the giver. Not only did they know about Him, they knew Him. He gave His all on Calvary. And even though they knew all this, they knew they had to deliver as well. The Bible said in verse number 4 that He might deliver us from this present evil world. Now you know what gets much sweeter than that. Boy, I don't. This world's not home. I've got a deliverer this morning. Hey, friend, I mean, when, when you order a peach and somebody delivers it to your house, it's yours, then. Oh, one day, Christ is coming back in the eastern sky. He's going to deliver us to heaven. Amen. And there will be for the rest of our life. This world is not our home. God's going to deliver us from the crisis, from the mess. Hey, I will not be our president. 
we know all that. You know all that. And it don't get better than know all that. I'm telling you, there's a table spread. And every single one of us is going to love what's on the menu. You know, when we go out to eat, it ain't like that, is it? I don't want that place. I don't want that place. I don't want that place. Oh, in heaven, everybody's going to like what's on the table. Hallelujah. What a day. No fussing, no bickering, no arguing. They knew to deliver who it was that's going to get them there. Friend, they knew who to give glory to. Did they not? Verse 5 says, To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Except the one that gave it to you, I'll give the glory. One that helped you uh, when you thought there was no way out of hell for you. The one who saved you deserves all the glory. Glory means this. Brightness, luster, splendor. It means to boast or to be proud of. Not us, but of Him. Well, I think about this. We're proud of our kids when they hit a home run, ain't we? Yeah. When they hit a three Listen, number two, what they had done with what they had in Christ. Boy, the Bible said in verses six through seven, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, Christ had given them everything that they could ever want, spiritually speaking. And that's all that matters anyhow. Spiritual. And our blessing's not in things. We've got our minds wrong with that. Our blessing is not in things of this world. I'm telling you, I like things. I, I really do and I enjoy them. But I'm telling you, our blessing is not in what we've got or how many of the things we've got. It ought to be in Him. We're living in a day, friend, where all young people, all people think about is things. Things. What's the first person? What's the first thing that happens when somebody passes in your family? Everybody's worried about what the things they get. Amen. Friend, things don't make a hell of a We ain't gonna take them with us when we go. Well, anyhow, I've done killed the service. Christ has given them everything. They had grace every time they had a need. 
I mean, they had mercy every time they needed mercy. Hey, that's what we got this morning. And uh, they're not what they used to be. They had peace that passes all understanding. But instead of sticking with the stuff, instead of sticking with the God who gave it, they had removed. Oh, friend, is that not the way of the world today? If a truth be told, I didn't come here to hurt you, but I come here to tell you the truth. If a truth be told, it's the same way with a lot of people sitting on a church pew in America on Sunday. God's blew that line. Did we come here to play? Or did we come to have church? Let's have church. Let's be a church. And there's a whole lot of people playing church. And they can look the part, they can dress the part, act the part, but not live the part, and nobody can ever know it. But the one who does know it is the one that matters most for you. Hey, I feel like this morning that we're playing games with God instead of having church. There's a lot of people playing instead of praying. Oh, friend. And it's so easy to get distracted. So easy. We're living in the land of busyness. Everybody's too busy for everything, especially too busy for God. Well, that's the way the world, I know this is popular, but the time has come this morning, friend, for you and I as a church and as God's people to awaken up and get back on fire for Christ. You remember what it's like when you first got saved? Went down there to the workplace that you worked in and you wanted everybody to know. I just got saved. And some people weren't too thrilled. But others were. And I was thankful for the ones that were. You remember how it felt to be just on fire? I mean, we had a zeal about us when we first got saved. And sometimes it wasn't the best zeal in the world. But we had a fire that was burning in us. Boy, we ought to get the fire back. What's wrong with our church today is the woods got wet and ain't no fire back there to build a fire. Maybe this is a good time for a revival meeting. Amen. We need to get back on fire. Paul had to look at these people here in our text and he had to tell them they had removed from what they used to be. How did that make you feel to have to hear Jesus Christ Himself say you've removed from what you used to be? Think about it. To have to have Christ look at you and say, you started well, but you finished it. And I'm afraid that today where the stages have been built, the pulpit's been taken away, and everybody wants a show. We're living in a land where people have removed. But we're living in a land where people who go to good Bible-believing Baptist churches or good Bible-believing churches have removed, maybe not from the pew, And we went away on God. Ain't nobody knows it but you and Him. I'm afraid that in our day, many who can, there are many who can say they're living for God, but boy, when they get out of the house, when they think about Him again. Well, the second that we see we're slipping, you know what we ought to do? The very second. God, I'm sorry. And turn back to Him. And you know what He'll do? He'll give you that grace. Give me that mercy. Give me that peace. How many of you want this church to be standing with your children's here? Just raise your hand. It'll be all. Well, I How many of you want them to be standing with your grandchildren? Or is old John now still going strong? 
Boy, I did. Boy. Well, that being said, the things concerning me in our days, the fact that many have removed. And if they keep removing, I'm getting farther and farther and farther away. I'm telling you the truth. Then how sad would it be to have to drive by the church and close the old doors? The place where I got saved. The place where I believe Bill McGuire started. And God moved is now shut down. Am I right? How sad would that be? Brother JR's not getting younger. I love it, brother. It's just true. Dave's not getting younger. Boy, it's some men yeah. who step up and take the place. Man, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna be honest this morning. I'm just gonna be real honest. I ask some folks to help here and help there. Well, I want the church to be standing. It's quiet this morning. I know it would be. It's concerning. It concerns me. The problem with the world of our day is it's changed direction and it's beginning to be the same way with a lot of people in the pew. And if something don't give, the church may not be here. The young generation may never get to see God move in a church in their life. They may see a rock concert and a puppet show. I want them to see God. That's what I want them to see. Friend, if our children don't see the importance in church in our lives, if our children don't see the importance of God in our lives, then how do we expect them to follow? And that's true. And I know a lot of it I'm preaching to the choir, but you're here and you're going to have to hear it. So, are you here this morning? Have you become removed? It can happen very easy. Hey, kid, the devil can't get to you so. I'm telling you this morning, he can get to your family. He can get inside your church. He can get anywhere. Have you got removed from what you used to be for Christ? Man, I was on fire. Remember a time when I'd done all that I could for Christ, but I removed. Listen, if it's a little bit, if it's a little bit, that's all it takes. A little stepy, a little left, love the whole way, right? Just a little bit. Oh, we need to get back on fire. Has the word removed been putting over your name? If it has, why don't you come back to Christ? Get on fire like you one time were. Hey, this church had everything that we've got in our Bibles, but the thing they've done is what we're doing. They had removed. They were like the church in Ephesus, the Bible said, uh, in Revelation 2 and 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Jesus Christ loved us, friend, and we love Him because He first loved us. But I'm telling you, our hearts, it's a heart problem and a heart condition this morning. Our hearts are removing from God. And they need to get back. They need to get back. Friend, they've removed. Not only did they do that, they went to another gospel. The Bible said in verses 6 through 7, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you to the grace of Christ and to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. They had done what many are doing today. Here's what they did. Breaking the heart. 
in such a day where church has become a thing that we do just because it's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. But that's not the point of it. The point of it is to bring honor, to bring glory to God's name. Second, it's to exhort one another. Boy, don't it make you feel good in people's here? Number one, it makes me feel good in God's here. But it makes me feel good in people's here. Don't you? Exhort one another. Well, they went their own way. They wanted to do as pleasing to men, not to God. They wanted to do what pleased their sinful flesh. That's what men are doing. And I want to go ahead and tell you, our flesh ain't going to like reading our Bible. Our flesh don't even much less hardly like picking one up. I'm just being honest with you. But the Bible said in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There are times my flesh in the mornings don't want to come to church, and guess what? You know, you're here. Amen. There's times that the bed feels good. Me and my wife. We look like a NASCAR racer in the house this morning. We woke up at 8. We don't ever, we hardly ever wake up that late. And I said, oh my goodness. I yelled at her. Like a scared her half of death. We got to go. You know what? Flesh like the bed. But I'm thankful God caught us out of bed and got us to church. Hebrews 10 and 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. It didn't say uh, this excuse and this excuse and that excuse of another. It said not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together. Oh, for there are times that my flesh may not like the time. Preachers don't preach on that. Well, oh, have mercy. It's doing good until you preach on that. Well, somebody needs to hear this because God gave it to me. The Bible said in Malachi 3, verse 8 through 9, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? I wouldn't rob God. That's what they said. Then the Bible said, in tithes and offerings. Well, I know that's for Israel. And they were under law. You and I is under something a whole lot better than the law. And we ought to get more than tithes. Oh, somebody's looking at you. Can I be honest? Boy, I swear I can. I'm about family to you now. The church, where does my tithe go? How many of them truly know? Amen. One, two, three. Amen. I get two fifty a week out of a tithe. That's, that's what the church pays me. I'm just going to be honest with you. And the rest of that pays the bills, keeps the church light on, and it keeps the church looking good, and the rest of that Goes to missionaries so they can pre- preach the gospel. Amen. And then the rest of that gets laid up in the storehouse right here for when you need some help. Amen. Now, man, I feel God this morning. I've got liberty like I never had. Now, it's going to please God if I drop clean in the plate. That's where we're at. Yeah, amen. God give you eight. He won't tell you. Amen. Oh my. That's a pretty good deal, ain't it? God 
almost 10% what you make. And I'm telling you, when God gets your heart, you have your wallet. He had you he'll fall too. Now preacher, preach on anything but this. Law have mercy. I'm telling you, friend, he said you'll do this and give it with a smile on your face and be cheerful about giving it. I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You might say, well, he didn't give me this gun this week or he didn't let me make it to this concert. No, but he gave you what you need. And I'm telling you, when you get to heaven and reap the reward for what you give, oh, Oh, and that's the thing. No, we're looking at things and down here instead of what we're laying up up there. Oh. Man, I tell you, you make a Baptist shout, preach on money, won't you? Malachi 3 and 10, bring ye all the tithes to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me. Oh, prove me. God said try me. Go ahead and try me. Go ahead and give. See what he said, just try me. I'm a firm believer and I found out you cannot outgive God and you'll not be outdone. Never, ever in my life have I seen him outdone. You ain't going to outdo him. Go ahead and try. Go ahead. Give it a whirl and see what happens. He said, Say the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you to the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. You know what a lot of people are doing? They're missing out on the very blessing of God in their life because they will not give what God wants them to give. Well, preacher, you can hush now. Don't preach on money. They had grace. They had blessing. They removed from it. And that's what's going on in our day, in our time. You pre- I mean, we're living in a day. You preach on that right there, and I can get the truth. It's still right. It's still the truth. Well, anyhow, three. What they needed to do was what they had in Christ. The Bible said in verses 13 through 16, For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, then verse 24 says, and they glorified God in me. You know what Paul was doing? I like Paul, how he words things. He said, that once was time and I wasn't living for God. He said, but man, God had enough grace on me. To save me from what I used to be. You know what he's doing? I believe this is what he's doing. You all have removed, but God's got grace that if you'll come back, boy, he'll restore you and get your fire back. Boy, he'll let you get on fire for God again. Be able to serve him again. God's got enough grace for you. He's not one who stays mad at you like a lot of people do when you do wrong. He wants to forgive you. And maybe you've removed this morning. You say, preacher, I'm not where I want to be with God. Well, get that way. Oh, we get hindered. Get that way. Say, preacher, that sounds simple. Well, it is. It really is. And then you know what? Next week, we may have to try again. Oh, we can leave out of here saying, man, I feel charged up and ready to fight hell with a water pistol. Wouldn't that be good? Hey, we can have it. God's here. 
I wouldn't have had liberty if God wasn't here. Well, Paul is speaking about verse 15. He speaks about his call. The Bible said in verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. You and I are called this morning to live our life for God. Paul was a man who lived his life for God after he got saved. And because he lived his life for God, he can speak about what was revealed in him. In verse 16, the Bible said, to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen. Immediately I can Preferred not with flesh and blood. People saw the Son in Paul because he said, I'm not going to be removed. Paul said, I'm going to stand fast and firm in the faith. Hey, friend, he, the, the people saw the Son in him. The people see the Son in you. Not the S U N, the S O N. He stayed faithful when his flesh didn't feel like it. Amen. Uh, he gave when he didn't have it to give. Took up off for them saints there in Galatia. And he stayed faithful when it wasn't popular and it could have had him killed. It's for that very reason as well that we see what he said in verse 21 22. The Bible said, Afterwards I came to the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. You know what he's saying? I've got to accomplish these things. How many of you want to accomplish? He went to those regions and he went preaching. Now this is a big question. I said it. I don't think some of you got it. I'm going to say it again. How many of you want to accomplish something for Christ? Not for self, but for Him. For Christ in this life. Paul did. Paul didn't remove himself. He kept going. Cause of all that, he could do what he said in verse 23 through 24. The Bible said, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed and they glorified God in me. You know what Paul said? He said, I've done more in my life. I removed. But now, because of what Christ does, because of my faith, they glorified God in me. Wouldn't it be nice to go to the workplace one day? Folks say, man, I feel something different about you. You've been around God and have glorified God in you. Wouldn't it be neat for people to come by the church house and just get a feeling and that God be glorified in the church? We can have that. The problem is we've removed our hearts. God's out. You might be in a pew, but where's your heart? With God. Where's your heart with God? These people had removed. Paul said, God's got enough grace. You can come and have it all back. You can have it back this morning. Have you removed? Why don't you get it back? Man, I tell you what, the devil might fight if we all get on fire for Christ, but it'll be a worthless fight. Would you come and get it back? Let's all stand up, our heads bowed. And her eyes closed. Well, I've had too much liberty in here.